Hello and welcome to DKI, Digital Era Entertainment's weekly anime podcast. This is episode number 83 and I'm your host, Joel. And remember how we had all four of our regular hosts here a couple weeks ago and we were like, yeah, this is never going to happen again. Well, it's not happening again. Sorry, folks, because it's just me from the regular crew this week because Frangie is tending to in-laws and Emmy is at a convention in Arizona as a guest. Super happy for her. And Mario is at Anime NYC, which is currently underway at the good old Javits Center. Uh, I think he's actually at the Hololive panel right about now. So hopefully he's having fun. And I know that he's going to be doing the Step Into D-Ring panel uh, with Digital Era Entertainment, which is going to be tomorrow night, the Saturday night of the convention. And he's going to be talking about Digital Era Entertainment as a whole, some of the uh, different projects we've done here. But having a spotlight on Kokoro No Pro, our upcoming uh, dating sim visual novel that focuses on wrestling, hence the Into D-Ring uh, so do check that out if you happen to be in New York. But I'm not alone because I'm never alone. I have with me returning for, I honestly, I think this is your like fourth or fifth time, possibly six. I'm not sure. But Hayes, welcome back. Though the light has been forgotten, it shall not be contained. I'll admit that I'm not sure what that's a reference to. Hello? Uh-oh. Hayes, you there? Last thing he said was that he couldn't be contained and now he's gone. Oh, dear. Are we back? Oh, there he is. Okay, very good. Sorry, as soon as I tried to speak, my, my, uh, my device decided to switch, switch networks. Well, that's fun. Oh, absolutely. So, the last thing I heard was uh, couldn't be contained. I was like, what's that a reference to? I don't know what it's a reference to. Don't worry about it. Okay, well, fine. Anyways, I have not actually watched any anime this week because, as discussed at this time last week, this has been the week of the annual Desert Bus for Hope charity marathon on twitch.tv slash Desert Bus. And uh, they're in the final hours right now. They broke all previous records and raised over $1.1 million this year. That's a busing lot of money. And it has been just the annual soul cleansing for me, honestly, to just watch this and sort of unwind from everything else and watch the hilarity ensue i will catch up on anime over the next week or so but i really don't have anything new to discuss there but we have some very appropriate topics because since it's the desert bus week we've decided to talk about vehicles and uh also there's one particular vehicle that also is pretty relevant to today but i think we'll get to that one later hayes i'm guessing you have not watched uh, too much anime in the past week as well because you've been in france I like big bus, and I cannot lie. And they do have big bus in France, it's true. But uh, guessing that you have not been watching too much anime, so still today we have many, many wonderful vehicles to discuss, and this is going to be any type of vehicle that is used primarily for transportation. Mechs are specifically not allowed here. Those are primary weapons that happen to be mobile. Mobile suits, even one could say. Hmm, Indeed. Uh, just because it's a bus, I feel like we kind of have to start with one of the most obvious and probably, I would argue, the most iconic bus in anime, and that is Cat Bus from My Neighbor Totoro. Hayes, have you seen Totoro? Uh-oh, I hope we didn't I, lose oh, okay, no, I, uh, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm still there. Um, and I, I haven't actually seen Totoro, uh, but I have seen the, uh, the breakdowns, as it were, of, of in, in meme form, and it's a, it's a lovely thing. 
However, yes, all Totoro does is yell for Cat Bus, so I think we should possibly rename to My Better Neighbor Cat Bus. You know, I'm okay with this. And it's funny because Cat Bus, while being a character, really has no personality, really, well, other than being eager, eager, go, go, go. No dialogue or anything, but, you know, people like cute things, and people took a liking to Cat Bus, and as you mentioned, there's lots of memes, lots of good gifts, one of which Neil Ivan has shared right here in our Discord chat. But uh, there's not a whole lot to discuss here with Cat Bus, but I felt given Desert Bus and everything, it was a pretty, you know, obvious place to start. Go forth, Cat Bus. We salute thee. Indeed. Ride on, you crazy Cat Bus, through those fields. But, Hayes, you mentioned actually to me that you have a other bus that you wanted to spotlight because it relates back to some of the other things that you and I have discussed on this show in previous episodes. Indeed. A literal desert bus. Well, it's sort of a bus, sort of a large, giant steamer thing. Tank thing. Yes. Anyway, in the episode BDN, standing for Brilliant Dynamite, um, we we get uh, in Trigon, this giant steamer ship-like bus thing that is... Quite, quite large and impressive, and and just oh, you're a fantastic place, and place to go. Oh, hang on. Oh no! How are we now? Check well, one two one two. Good. Uh, please bear with us, folks. We're gonna figure this out. Okay. Hopefully that that solves things. Checking, checking. Am I still here? Okay. Good. Yeah. Oh, Hayes. Yes, I'm here. I don't hear you anymore. Let me see. Maybe it's my settings this time. No, I still have things going to my headphones. Uh, Neil Ivan, are you hearing Hayes? Hi, Hayes this. What the heck? Give me a second, folks. Sorry. I have heard Joel reconnect. Is he here now? Can he hear us? Testing one, two. We can hear you. Nope. Can you hear us? My, I still can't hear anything. That's Even still a problem. As I should be. Well, that is definitely a problem. I figured it out. Okay, here we go. I don't know how, but I think I bumped the mute button. Joel. No, I don't know how that's possible. My hands weren't even over near there. Joel. I, I'm wondering if the new microphone I'm experimenting with are like... Anyways, where were we? You were talking about the desert bus. Yes, I was talking about the Desert Bus from Trigun. And while there is a giant, you know, Titanic-esque steamership that uh, gets attacked by sand pirates, I want to say, except, like, more flashy sand pirates than you could ever possibly imagine. You want to see some drip? Check out this guy with dynamos on his shoulders. It's, it's a look. Um, and we also have a literal Desert Bus where we pick up one of the most iconic characters in anime. Ah, uh, Nicholas D. Wolfwood. Indeed. And speaking of characters with D in their name, let's jump from the very far reaches of one climate to the other and go from uh, sand to water. And let's talk about Monkey D. Luffy and his ship. Because this, oh, okay. this is one of the big boats in anime, and I, I really don't see many, many more boats in anime. Where are all the boats in anime? Uh, well, one that I had is uh, the... I forget which version it is, and it technically straddles the limitation that I put at the beginning of the show. Um, Gurren Lagann's ship. One second, I need oh, to, I lost the window that I had because uh, I had to, uh, Dai Gunzen. Dai Gunzen, which is the battleship version of Gurren Lagan. I'm going to count it because it, at least in that state, it is a mode of transport primarily. 
And it's this just, you know, big honking cruise battleship with a freaking blade at the front. And when it stands up, it looks like a very large protrusion. But that's besides the point. Uh-huh. Well, I don't know if that counts per se. I will, I will yield to your judgment on that one, though. Yeah, I'm not sure. But anyways, yeah, so uh, the Going Mary from uh, One Piece, and I suppose just in a broader sense, all of the different uh, ships in One Piece, because uh, like you said, there are not a lot of seafaring anime or just uh, even anime that have ships in that sense that there's occasionally you're going to get like, you know, the St. Anne or something in Pokemon uh, where, you know, there'll be a one-off episode where they go on this nice cruise ship or something, but it's not a recurring mode of transportation that is seen in many anime. You know, I, I, and I was, I was thinking about this and I was like, what, how, what, what, what would anime do with, with boats, right? You, oh, right. Hang on. There is, there is one. This Kantai collection. <laughs> oh no, there's more than just that. Do, the, do those count as if, if there's the, if we have the um, cute girls doing ship things? <laughs> I, I think that counts because they're doing warship things, but it's still ships that, it, I suppose, I have warships mentally occupying a very different base than mechs. Yes, but what if they're also people? <laughs> That's true, and then that also brings up the similar issue of where do you put Azure Lane? Yeah. Huh. Anyway, so this is this is an open question. Is there really an answer to this? Like, what constitutes like this is the literal ship of Theseus? Except instead of Theseus, it's an anime girl. Tee. Yeah. I I honestly have not actually considered that, but you're not wrong. I generally am not. Anyway. So here's here's the thing. I'm a sailor. I've been sailing all my life. I do dinghy sailing. Dinghy sailing is intense and cool, and it's like very, very, in, very, uh, you know, athletic, and it can stoke the imagination. Why hasn't there been like a, uh, you know, a, like one v one like me sailing anime, like a sports anime? You know, now that you've said it, we're probably going to get that within the next two years because I feel like we're really starting to go into the realm of more niche sports like that and i would not be surprised actually well now that i think about it there is a it's not sailing but there is a uh forget if the proper term is jet ski but you know like the wave runner type of thing yeah uh-huh. that there there is a racing anime for jet skis is it all cute girls oh it uh it is um it's a lot of cheesecake I figured it's not it's not even cute girls. It is just fan service. It's okay. I think it's very much fan service because the thing is in this they're going. No, Hayes, you need to understand the absurdity of this show because it's not just jet skis. The anime. It's jet skis with guns. The anime. But here's the thing. So as they're racing around the track on their jet skis, it's two people. Obviously, because you have to have one pressed up against the other because fan service. But then as the added kicker to all of it, as they are going around, the person who is not driving is equipped with a laser rifle. The laser rifle can be used to shoot the opposing uh, ship or the opposing uh, part- the, the, the opposing team. If you hit the ship, it can cause simulated damage. 
if you hit the other people, it will remove part of their bodysuit. So it's Mario Kart Double Dash, the fan service anime on water. That is a lot of very unrelated things sort of strung together, but you're not entirely wrong once again. Uh, now I need to look it up because this thing is really weird. Uh, jet ski anime. Kan- Kandagawa Jet Girls. Kandagawa, okay. Uh, okay, okay, anime industry. If you're listening, if, you, if someone out there is listening to this, I don't even need it to be a sailing anime per se. You, you, do a windsurfing anime. You want to get a lot of hot, uh, you know, hot boys in tight clothes with, or, you know, or no clothes, you know, standing up and showing off their rippling abs? Just windsurfing. It's right there. You know, that's true. Because um, there have been a couple instances, I think, where there are, you know, windsurfing things at beach episodes but not ones where that is the focal point of the anime. And uh, obviously, beach episodes are ones that we've done on this show, and that's an entirely separate thing. But yeah, uh, there aren't a lot of sailing or windsurfing, or just even, you know, more traditional sailing. But uh, that's besides the point. That's our wish list of vehicles more than the vehicles that are out there. (laughs) I do feel obligated to bring up a couple particularly iconic ones. There's Haruko's Vespa from FLCL, which, you know, if that didn't make every freaking anime fan want a Vespa or a power scooter of some sort. Right on Shooting Star. Indeed, indeed. And gosh, it's been a long time since I've seen FLCL, that good old acid trip of an anime. Uh, There was a sequel, which I'm told you don't need to watch. Yes, it was uh, done as a collaboration between Crunchyroll and Adult Swim, if memory serves. That would make sense. Fulikuri was one of their big uh, breakouts for Adult Swim. It was, yeah. I, I, bringing up the, 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 the motor scooter segues us nicely into the obligatory anime motorcycles. And their oh, attendant card yes. games. Card games on motorcycles! Exactly. Um, you remember back in the, like, the original series when, 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 Mer- when Merrick had a motorcycle, it was a symbol of his, you know, you know, repressed childhood that he had always wanted to get out, but it was, you know, yeah, always trying to? That was the type of thing that uh, you see Merrick on a motorcycle as soon as he gets to Battle City, and he looks badass, to be fair, that he looks really good on a motorcycle, and at first you think, okay, this is just a cool, stylish thing that he wants that, you know... Because all the anime, anime boys must have motorcycles. Yes, yeah, like Honda not? has a motorcycle earlier on. But then you actually get to the later part of the series or the season when they're starting to actually delve into his backstory and you have a point, and I had forgotten about it until you mentioned it, that yes, the motorcycle itself is a huge thing, that when he is you know, being brought up as a gravekeeper, that he has this toy motorcycle and he sees a you know, motorcycle it's, it's, it's on not, it's TV. Not a mo- it's not a motorcycle. He, it's not a toy motorcycle. He finds a uh, like a magazine page with an ad for a motorcycle while he's you know out that one time in the city. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and, and it just becomes sort of the symbol of the outside world to him. Uh, yeah, so, so the things he can never have. Yeah, so it really transcends. Just okay, we're having it be this you know badass thing that we have our antagonist ride on that it's actually a symbol for him and it's looking back on it you then realize oh gosh him riding through the streets on the motorcycle is him being like you know i've made it i've succeeded in breaking free of the chains that bound me and 
that's an entirely separate matter because, you know, Merrick and Yu-Gi-Oh! But yeah, now that you mention it, Merrick's motorcycle is a pretty impactful one when it comes to that. Uh, and As far as anime it, motorcycles go, yes. <laughs> but uh, on a related note, if we're going to be talking about Yu-Gi-Oh! vehicles, how about the good old Kaiba Corp blimp? Uh, I think you mean the blimp slash jet. Oh, that's right. It does become a jet. Yes, because, you know, when you have to escape from the virtual explodey ghost of your father, uh, sometimes you have to break out the, the jet engines. Mm-hmm. And then there is the blue eyes white jet that, oh my God, it made its premiere in the Pyramid of Light movie, and then they brought it back in the later seasons. It, yep. Seto Kaiba, as always, vanity and loving his blue eyes, it, you know, named a freaking amusement park after himself made a blue eyes white jet we're not saying he wants to be a dragon but we're kind of saying he wants to be a dragon we're not saying he thinks he is a dragon but he definitely thinks he's a dragon well the question is does he think he's a dragon or, do, or does he want to be a dragon or does he want to be dead and go to the past so he can finally duel pharaoh or does he want to find his dragon waifu who is an actual thing that exists that's right she was yeah because remember, <laughs> the dragon is not just a dragon, it's a cute anime girl. I feel like one of these days, Hayes, you and I could just do an entire episode on the dissection of Seto Kaiba, but we should move on for now. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of cars, it, you know, cars are going to be your go-to. Uh, hang, hang on, hang on. If, if, we're, if, we're go- if we're getting into cars here, then I need to uh, break for a moment because it's time for gas, gas, gas. It's time to step on the on gas. The tonight. Exactly. We're talking initial D, right? We cannot talk about cars in anime without talking about multi-track drifting, the original, still some of the greatest, uh, initial D, how do we get down the hill without spilling a single drop? Fun fact, I've never seen initial D. It's, it's a time. (laughs) Yeah, that's really the feeling that I've gotten from it. I mean, how much do you like Eurobeats? It's it's kind of the real question. (laughs) I'm middling on Eurobeats, and I'm less than middling on just car anime as a whole, so... Listen, the Eurobeats are not here to, here to be questioned by you or anyone. They are here to be jammed. This is true. The Eurobeats care not for your taste. Exactly. They will, they will oont, 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 oont until the, de- until the dawn comes, and then they will continue oontsing forevermore. Yeah. Um, but on the note of cars, I feel like one of the most iconic anime cars of all time that most people know even outside of anime but it doesn't get thought of much nowadays because it is an older one is the good old mach 5 oh wow yeah jay is speed racer mm-hmm. is one of those things that's just it, it there was an episode of dexter's laboratory that they had basically of him emulating the mach 5 so I knew about the Mach 5 before I knew what the Mach 5 was, that it actually, you know, got into mainstream American culture. And there's plenty of other instances of the Mach 5 or, you know, a riff on the Mach 5 getting into American culture. Uh, obviously, we have not seen or heard from Speed Racer since the movie, movie. In, I think, like, 2008? When, when, when was it? That movie's also a time. I've heard that it's better than it gets credit for, though. It's better than you'd expect, certainly. Uh, but yeah, like it, it, it was, it was, it was the Wachowski. It was 2008. Like, I'm proud that I remembered that. <laughs> well done. 
It was the Wachowskis. It's gonna be uh it's gonna be a trip. You know that. I much. didn't realize that was the Wachowskis. Oh yeah. Oh. Okay. Well that explains why it was probably a bit better than it should have been. Mm-hmm. Emily yeah, uh, the, the ending the ending John of that movie. Goodman is... was in that, huh? Oh yeah, he's he's the villain. <laughs> oh. Ho, ho. I think. I, maybe he's the dad. I'm not sure. Yeah, anyway. The, the classic, you know, push a button, do crazy special thing, oil spill tax, whatever you have. Bond car before bond car. Mm-hmm. Uh, back on motorcycles again, there is the just, you know, iconic Akira motorcycle. Yes, we have to talk about Akira if we're going to talk about the depiction of, you know, anything with a motor in anime, because, good God, that is absolutely one of the most iconic shots you, you can find of those, those things racing through, through the streets of Tokyo at night. Mm-hmm. Just uh, the, the poster, which has been riffed on endless amounts of times, the classic sliding shot that has been reproduced in countless anime and many, many a American production. And video games. Let's not forget that you can find the Akira motorcycle in Cyberpunk 2077. You can? I didn't know that. Basically. I mean, just about, just about every, every Cyberpunk thing that wants to be like Cyberpunk uh, these days is going is to pull from a, a number of influences, Akira being one of them. And, well, how much does your motorcycle look like Akira's is one of the questions by which we judge uh, Cyberpunkness. I mean, for more information on that, go ahead and watch the action button review of Cyberpunk 2077 if you've got, you know, six hours to spare. Hmm. Uh, getting back onto cars, I, I did want to mention, we got to talk about JoJo. Okay, I'm not, since I haven't watched JoJo, I don't know about JoJo cars or any that are particularly iconic, that they haven't really gotten to my awareness. So please well, tell so me about Well, so he's one of the car. ancient pillar men. He's one of the ancient pillar men who is uh, about to enslave humanity. Oh, dang it. <laughs> <sighs> everyone forgets about part two <laughs> i haven't even seen it. it's like i was just googling it i was like okay jojo cars and then i realized oh it's k-a-r-s Karas. It, the leader of the pillarman and his his, his his boys acdc <laughs> yep and it's the namesake for the cars the american rock band Name, well, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. His namesake is an American rock band because all of them are American rock bands. Well, yes, this is true. Yes, this is very true. Uh, congratulations, you got that one over on me. Thank you very um, much. For ones that are not motorized, uh, the flying Nimbus from Dragon Ball is still a vehicle, in my opinion. They, I would it exists say for that's... transportation. Yeah, that that that's an that's an atypical one. Very good, very good. Yeah, and just it it's one that is definitely iconic for that series of just Goku flying around on that little cloud. It's one that cosplayers have recreated using uh, hoverboards and the like. Um, yeah, of course, that... that's that's all inspired by uh, Journey to the Journey to the West and the mm-hmm. way that uh, Sun Wukong would would just do that. And apparently, that's just a thing that you could learn to do. In, uh, in in that story of just like, the, he, he learned it from some sage who was like, yeah, you do like one of these. And it's not surprising that depictions of that fed into depictions of Aang riding his airball on in Avatar The Last Airbender. Oh my gosh, I never made that connection before. Yeah. Wow, okay. Yeah, but just, you know, the classic little, the, the sound effect that I did, the little beep, 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 beep
Yeah. And <clears throat> that, uh, that imagery has come up in the video games. Like I mentioned, cosplayers, uh, it's, I think it was used as the loading bar in a couple of the games too. It just, I wouldn't, wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Uh, it, it leaves that nice iconic, like yellow trail behind. Mm-hmm, exactly. Uh, as far as uh, jumping back onto the subject of cars real quick, and uh, not talking about JoJo this time, I wanted to talk about the best movie, anime movie about cars that you will ever watch, probably. Redline? Redline. Yeah. If you haven't seen Redline, go and do yourself the favor of watching 750,000 hand-animated frames of pure action goodness. This I is first saw like, this. Uh, the first person oh. to show this to me was actually Corey, who was in our radio dramas. Um, he showed that to me and a couple of other friends. It must have been in like 2018. It, w- it was 2017 or 2018. And when I saw it, I was like, oh, this must be new. I, I haven't heard of this. It just, you know, it, it's past my awareness somehow. But wow, this looks great. And then he says, no, this is from 2009. It's like, no. Just... It holds up in terms of animation still to this day. It looks like something that a AAA anime studio would have put out right now. The fact that that it came out in 2009 still just baffles me. Yeah, it's one of the most beautiful movies you'll ever have the pleasure of watching, and you will need to to like have a lie down or a cigarette or whatever it is you do after like a massive adrenaline high when that movie's over. Oh yeah, it is just it is so much so fast and like Hayes said if you like car racing in general i don't care if you like your fast and furious live car stuff or if you like anime car stuff i don't care if you don't like car stuff it's just a fun compelling movie if you feel the need the need for speed go watch this movie Plus, it has a great dub cast that obviously uh the japanese cast is good but uh, you have patrick seitz heading up the English dub, which means you're going to have a good time. Uh, Michelle Ruff, uh, Liam O'Brien, Lauren Landa, list goes gone. So very good time. Cannot recommend it. Redline highly enough. Absolutely. Uh, anyway. Wanted so to I also guess... mention... Oh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, no, you go ahead, because the one that I have is one that it will take a bit longer to discuss. Oh, I also had a relatively, like... Uh relatively deep discussion point about the nature of vehicles in anime, but you, you go ahead. Well, the other big thing that's happening right now is today is November 19th. Today is the release day for Cowboy Bebop on Netflix. So right. that's yes. something that I'm going to be watching probably over the weekend in between doing the script for Batman vs. Robin the radio drama, which is going to be next Saturday, uh, November 27th. So do be sure to tune in for that. But the Bebop itself, the titular spaceship, is just, you know, it is the thing that this iconic series is named after, and it's going to be one that we're going to see in live action. So the Bebop itself is so interesting because obviously the entire series is centered around the Bebop in the sense that it is what ferries them from place to place. But when you think about it, the Bebop itself is not a particularly... Impressive design in, or impressive ship. Yeah, that it's a junker. Yeah, it's this just very bland, dark brown, ultimately nondescript vehicle that the swordfish that's iconic. You can recognize the swordfish. It's red. It's got those awesome just the, you know, 
as you would expect with the name Swordfish, pointy edges and everything. But the Bebop itself is just this kind of junky freighter type thing. The inside is nothing really remarkable. The only rooms that we really see with any regularity is the living room, the kitchen, the bedrooms, and then that one time that they go up to the attic. Occasionally the bathrooms. Occasionally the bathrooms. But ultimately, it's not a special ship. It's not something that it's like, you know, we're piloting the best thing in the galaxy, and that's what gives us an advantage in all of our battles. That's how we get away. It's got a faulty hyperdrive. It is always in desperate need of repairs. It is nothing special, but gosh darn it, it's their Bebop. This is exactly the, with a little more like, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A little more visual flair and uh, iconic, like, look to it. That's exactly what they were hoping to capture in Firefly, I'm telling you. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, the the Bebop is a a great ship that if you asked anyone to draw it from memory, they couldn't. (laughs) No, no, I couldn't, but I was looking up just different ideas of what to talk about today and i knew that the bebop was going to be on it but you know when you search top anime vehicles or ships or things like that then the bebop's naturally going to come up and i'm looking at a picture of it right now and it's like yeah i didn't remember this was what it looked like it it just you could tell me that it looked like Spaceball one and i would have said yeah sort of oh <laughs> uh. Uh, our, yeah, our, our audio engineer has, has n- noted that if we're talking about iconic anime starships, then we got to talk about the Outlaw Star, which is a, a ship that really maintains, like, similar to the Bebop in its uh, sort of place in the narrative, as in the ship epitomizes what the crew is out here to do, which is to wreck shop. The Outlaw yeah. Star is, is in a very different show to... Star. I, Sorry? I, know, I know Outlaw Star, but I've never seen Outlaw Star. You should probably see Outlaw Star. It is the most wish-fulfilling sci-fi anime you will ever see. It's got everything you could possibly want. Laser, gunfights, swordfights, fistfights, paintball, a, be- a Hot Springs episode that's actually funny. Um, yeah. Uh, and the, and the, the Outlaw Star, the ship, is a... You know, it's a that, that one's the, op- the opposite of the Bebop. It is a super special ship. It's got all, the, all the, the, the weird stuff. It's got magic. It's got science. It's got everything. It's got grappler arms. We are, this is a show, a show where the... the Solution to space combat is to punch your opponent's ship in the face. <laughs> Seems reasonable. Right? Uh, on the note of other ships, uh, there is one that has, a, once again, an entire series named after it. And it's a series I haven't seen, but it's a ship that I would at least be more likely to recognize because for how unimpressive the Bebop is, the battleship Yamato is quite a ship yep i haven't seen this one myself but it's this just it's die guns and but in space and even more impressive and just remove the blade on the front and it is a proper grand battleship in space it it looks like something that should be in the sea but it's flying around it has the blue glowing engine at the uh aft and the bow and it it's big, it's shiny, and dang, is that a spaceship. That is very much a spaceship. Yep, I'm looking at it now. That's like space and ship, capital S, capital S. Yep. Uh, one that uh, I was reminded of as I was sort of poking around looking for different vehicles is the uh, different yellow buggies that Lupin Third has driven over the years that in most of the iterations if he has access to, quote-unquote, his car, that sometimes in these, you know, 
he's commandeering vehicles or having to go undercover and not use his own thing. But whatever, whenever he has his own car, it's usually this yellow buggy. Sometimes it is a proper looking Volkswagen-esque type of thing. Sometimes it's an open top uh, uh, Fiat, I think is what it is. But just Lupin going around in this little yellow car with a, a his very, group. very European car. Yeah. Yes. And just driving away, there's the iconic shot of him going out of the sunroof and tossing money everywhere. But he's always in his yellow car whenever he's able to get his car. Mm-hmm. And usually fleeing inspectors in a gunner. Most, uh, almost always, yes. It's always a good time when you got when you got the crew in, in the <laughs> when you got the crew in the car. Anyway, I want yeah, I wanted to I wanted to talk about like when you add more vehicles to your anime, what are you really doing? Um, what is the point of having like of giving your characters a ship or a car or a or anything really? Well, for one thing, it's always going to mean more animation because vehicles exist to move, and if you're going to move, you're going to have to do something about you know all the backgrounds that you'll have to be be animating. For well, some shows, at the same time it can mean a little bit less because animating a car, I would argue, takes significantly less work than animating a walking or running scene because ultimately. All you need to do if it's a car is do a couple animation cycle frames on the wheels and you can then just do the cycling background or even if it's not a cycling background that you just need to change the background. You don't need to worry about if it's somebody walking or running that you need to worry about all the muscle arm and leg movements. So in some ways, I'd say actually uh, having that as a mode of transport makes the lives of animators easier. But I would argue in general that animation considerations are not probably why vehicles are brought in or out of a series that i think that it's you know things are meant to be transport vehicles that what you give someone when you give them transportation is the ability to go to different locales for the purpose of the story but when you give somebody a a special vehicle something that is for them you give them an extension of their personality that it becomes an iconic thing of who they are what they are and just that type of flair sort of of this is me as an extension of myself on that note if if we want to talk about like characters and vehicles really coming together in a way that you like note as this is not only just an extension of themselves it is the whole plot essentially we need to talk about kino's journey Ooh, okay yeah like the motorcycle there is nothing special but it is kino's and it is her one point of constancy in a, a, a world that is shifting around her because she's changing it because she's always moving through it. And it is sentient. There is also that, yes. Well, so that, that's car, like vehicle as character, quite literally. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Both Kino's and, and its own. many of those. No, not a whole lot. Like, there's not a lot of uh, kits, shall we say, in, in anime. Mm, yes. I like that analogy. Very good there. Yeah. The other thing it means when you give your give your protagonist or your crew or whatever uh, a vehicle is that, you know, you're going to take people to places. Essentially, you're going to you 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 have the um, the mandate almost to expand your world, even if you, the if, even if you're not like you know going to wildly different places. You need to be meeting new people, be be expanding like what we know about uh, who and what and why is is this world that you've dropped us into. Yeah, and in general, it means that, in a very literal sense, that you're broadening the character's horizons, that 
it you know goes to the more underlying thing that is just true of humanity as a whole that the more traveled you are the more educated you are the more worldly you are the broader your mind is mm-hmm. which is again basically the entirety of journey to the west yeah and it's just uh, the ability to travel is always going to give characters a lot of opportunity for growth because of the different things that they see or even if it's just all right my vehicle is giving me the ability to go on this journey to save the person i love or to find macguffin that even if it's not a purely uh altruistic motive of travel or uh motive for travel then it's giving them the opportunity to accomplish their goals and that they're going to still grow through their travels in that way. And so we need to start talking about the Congress as well, which is what happens when your ride gets trashed, bro? Yeah, there's a a lot of times in these series that, all right, our ride's trashed. We need to spend an episode getting a new ride or finding a way to get it repaired because, gosh darn it, if we can't travel, we're in trouble. Yeah, or, like, I mean, it's a very easy easy way to, like, up the stakes. Let's say, you know, you've got your, you've got your, your show where, where your protagonists have had this home base or a mobile base or whatever, or just, like, a way to always leave a situation that is troubling them. And suddenly the villain just, like, yoink, that's mine now. Or just crushes it up and, and as if it's dust in their hand. It's, uh, it can be a heart-rending thing to lose a, a machine when you, more, more so than you'd think. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of vehicles, I got to get in our obligatory Code Geass reference. And one of the things that, obviously, most of the more iconic vehicles in Code Geass are the Nightmares, are the mechs. But there are a few vehicle vehicles. Um, one is the Avalon that is piloted by Schneisel, which is this just large floating unit. Uh, we're not going to count the Damocles. I consider that on the same level as a uh, nightmare of just, it is a weapon primary. But the Avalon is this, it's a giant floating base. And it's grand and it's big. And yes, it has weapons as well, but it is primarily meant to ferry around Prince Schneisel. And it's this big grand thing. On the soundtracks, it has a track that is named after it. There is a fair number of nightmares that don't have tracks named after them. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, big mobile bases are a good way to say, hey, I'm literally above you. Yes. And on a similar note, the other uh, vehicle that really comes to mind for me in Code Geass is the mobile bases that are on the ground that it's it occupies a very similar functionality to the Avalon while not being as impressive, but it's these things that, you know, especially in the first dozen episodes or so, you see these things almost all the time that it's where Prince Clovis is in the first couple episodes. Uh, You see them especially stationed in a lot of the early land battles where you have the nightmares being deployed from them, but they themselves are these big hulking, just mini fortresses that go around and they, become the mobile bases and command centers for the uh, uh you know the the generals and, uh, and the higher ups it, well and it's 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 ironic because they look like fortresses they're well defended they allow the empire to project their power into parts unknown and every time you see one in the series it generally spells bad news for whatever britannian noble is in charge of it yeah uh-huh. you're absolutely right there yeah <laughs> but so it it's a interesting vehicle concept that I have not seen in many other 
shows that I I can't even recall off the top of my head where I can't point to a show and say I remember seeing a similar thing. I feel like I've seen this once or twice, but in general, the concept of a mobile base like this is not one that's really employed. And I kind of wish it were used a bit more because I think it's a really cool concept in general. Ah, well, in that case, you need to, need to, need to be doing a little more rolling out. Oh. <laughs> and transforming. Because Optimus, Optimus Prime's a, trailer is usually usually worked, used in this way. There was a, a Transformers anime. Yes, that technically counts. Yep. Um, oh, Transformers, it's still going. <laughs> God. It has not uh, stopped going. Now that I think about it, it's, it's not the Zoids themselves, but there was sort of a similar type of command oh, center we're, thing. We're bringing up Zoids? Really? Yeah, I'm bringing up Zoids, baby. Uh, okay, we're were... reaching deep into the Toonami memory banks for this one. Mm-hmm. Don't worry, I don't remember much. I just remember <laughs> that there were these sort of mini vehicles that the Judge robots inhabited that would be launched from either outer space and then, you know, just land in the ground with a obviously fantastic puff of smoke and usually damage to the surrounding area um, or that they would be sort of driven in, but they were these little mini hubs that ferried around the judge robots. So that's my little Zoids aside. That's really all I remember of it because the Zoids themselves are absolutely just mechs. They are not modes of transportation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Things I didn't think I'd be thinking about today. Zoids. You're welcome. I thank you. Zoids anyway. was okay. This wasn't memorable. <laughs> it was Clearly. memorable enough to to be, you know, something that you think of Zoids and like, gosh, that was a time. Yeah, I mean that that that, that that's like the that that's reaching deep into like the the BCD catalog of our of our anime like you know foundation, isn't it? I was talking to someone just the other day about how if you want to like. If you want to recommend to someone an anime from your youth, you're like, oh, you know, go watch Death Note. It's a good show. It holds up. You don't say immediately, oh, go watch Haruhi Suzumiya. <laughs> I mean, I do, but that's an entirely separate matter. Yes. I mean, that's like... Well, actually, that's like, what... it, yeah, yeah, there are some people that I would actually suggest Haruhi Suzumiya as their first show just because it is so different. And it, especially are, there, are those people already weebs? I feel like they don't need to be weebs. I think that uh, you need to find somebody with a particularly, I don't know if esoteric would be the proper term, but a, a, a very different sort of sensibilities that they don't want the normal battle anime and that they want something that makes them either think a bit more or that is a bit more comedic and just weird. That I think the type of person who likes Guardians of the Galaxy is going to be more prone to liking Haruhi Suzumiya than the type of person who likes you know, Iron Man, which is where you're going to point people to Naruto or something, but uh, that's a broader discussion. Indeed. And, like, we were, we were talking about this specifically with reference to, like, if you really just want to catch a specific vibe, sometimes there's only one show that can really do that for you. Like, Zoids you could probably replace with something, but Zoids is still probably a better show than, say, Elfin Lead. But really, there's nothing like Elfin Lead. And if you really want to know what 2004 was like for emo kids, you watch Elfin Lead. As this is still who's not seen Elfin Lead. That still scans. This is still an entirely separate discussion. But, but <laughs> thought I thought I'd bring it up since Zoids happened to this discussion. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we were talking about vehicles and mobile command centers, which don't tend to show up so, show up that often. 
No, they do not. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. On the subject, oh, right, uh, we're, we're getting close to, to time here, aren't we? Uh, a little bit. We started about five minutes late, and then I had five minutes-ish fiddling with my mic, so if we go Fair over enough. a little bit, it's fine. I do want to bring up, because I, I started out talking about boats, or very early on I started talking about boats, mm-hmm. and we have to bring up one of the most infamous boats in anime, the nice boat. Huh? Oh, God, that's what it's from. Yep. Because in entirely separate circles and just like streams, I became aware of Nice Boat recently this year. Um, there, there was a streamer that I watched that used that, you know, video of a thing going down the river as their loading screen, just as they're preparing to start their stream. And I did not and realize that river that, runs deep. <laughs> I did not realize that came from an anime because it's a live action shot. It is. And it's it was a replacement shot because they couldn't show the actual finale because it was too goddamn gruesome. I didn't realize that's where it came from. Yeah. Wow. Th- uh, thank you, Hayes. I now understand even more. And I, to be fair with this streamer, I already knew that it was like a rabbit hole. I knew it was a meme. I knew it was a meme. I did not know that it came from an anime. I thought it was just one of the many memes that cropped up on internet culture because internet. No, no, no. This one comes from... I, I, I don't want to compare these two things because they are because one of them is much, much better than the others. But imagine... Hmm, uh, it really feels just disingenuous because I... Okay, I... Please, okay. Anyone listening... Doki Doki Literature Club is an excellent piece of work that you should experience for yourself and I think will hold up pretty well in the years to come. School Days did not hold up at the time it was released, but if you want to think about like the general vibe of the thing, School Days is kind of like that. <laughs> um, and the reason that there's this shot of a nice boat at the very end of the show is because they couldn't show the actual ending because it was too gruesome. It got censored, and they censored it with a nice boat. With a nice boat. Uh, a, a pair of vehicles that I just thought of because uh, my mind drifted to Pokemon because also happening today is the release of Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. And I was like, are there, any really icon- are there any iconic vehicles in Pokemon? And then I was like, well, no. Anything that is iconic vehicle-wise in Pokemon is going to be only in the games. And then I realized, no. Team Rocket has some really iconic vehicles. Season one, the Meowth hot air balloon. Most iconic hot air balloon, I would argue, in all of anime. I still think that's a, that's a, that's a very long race, but it's also not a close one. <laughs> yep. They also have uh, the Magikarp pedal power submarine in the Orange Island Dark. Which is great. Yes. That is... Is there anything more representative of Team Rocket than a Magikarp ship that doesn't even have a freaking motor. Or rather, I, that doesn't have a automated motor. I give them all of the points for the commitment to aesthetic. I Okay, Jesse and James are icons. We know this. I'm just, you know, um, I, we have no choice but to stand. Obviously. Because, first off, you know, commitment to the bit with Meowth as the hot air balloon, which means that it, functionally, the fact that they have to have this additional little arm that has to be filled by the the air is completely impractical 
aerodynamically useless. Aerodynamically useless, and also the fact that it's so vastly recognizable is very iconic of Team Rocket of not being good at hiding stealth. who they are or their <laughs> intentions or stealth. Or just, you know, let's float on over Viridian City, the, the town that has wanted posters of us. Oh, but don't worry, gamers can't look up. Oh, good point, good point. I mean, at least this, the Magikarp submarine is stealthy because it goes underwater and it can blend in almost. There's a really good scene in Pokemon the Movie 2000 where you see their ship in a broader school of Magikarp and realize, okay, this thing is giant, no one's going to think it's natural. But at the very least, generally speaking, Magikarp is not a Pokemon inherently associated with Team Rocket, so they could just pass it off as... You know, someone made a Magikarp submarine. Who could it be? It could be anybody. But when you see Meowth in a hot air balloon, I feel like that sort of... Wait a minute. Eh? When you see Meowth in a hot air balloon, you have to prepare for trouble. And make a double. Team Rockets rocking, talking trouble, walking trouble, mm-hmm. double trouble, big trouble's gonna follow you. I will, anyway. not resi- I, I will never resist a chance to, to sing that song because it is... It is a banger to this day. It is absolutely. as good as it is. Um, I mean, none of the 4Kids soundtrack does, but it's like, it, it is lodged in our collective consciousness, consciousness forever. The people in the 4Kids music department were the strongest department at that company, and it's not close. No, not at all. Like, it's time to duel. <laughs> Seriously, and just... Ugh. Maybe we do an episode later on of just the four kids music department because we've done music podcasts. We did actually, I think it was in our first 10 episodes, we did a trilogy of music episodes where it was background music, openings and endings, and insert songs. Yeah, because I'd love to know who those people were and what they're doing now. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to add that to the to-do list. Anyways, back on vehicles. <laughs> uh, Welcome to D Kai, the Tangent Podcast. As it has and uh, will be for 83 more episodes, hopefully. Uh, hopefully. Anyway, yes, back on vehicles. What else, <laughs> what else can we remember from our various uh, childhood, childhood loves? Hmm. Naruto, they didn't tend to travel by anything but foot. And could occasionally bridge. And occasionally, and occasionally frog. train. Oh yes, Frog is also one of them. I'm not counting um, that. But, uh, there was a lot of trains in Full Metal Alchemist. There were. I, I was pretty hooked on Full Metal Alchemist when they gave me one of my favorite kinds of action scenes pretty early on. And that's a train fight. I'm a sucker for a good train fight. Good train fights are really good. Yeah. I like, I, I like train fights so much. I almost, it was, they almost convinced me to like that god-awful Lone Ranger movie. Oh, wow. You're talking about things that I didn't expect to think about today. Whew. Hey, I mean, if you want a train fight, that one had two trains fighting each other. Like, train fight. Yeah. Um, uh, animate trains. Because <laughs> obviously, that this does bring up an interesting thing of, in a lot of more realistic shows that a lot of the ones that we've been talking about today are more fantasy-based vehicles, but what is the primary mode of transportation for a lot of people in Japan? Train. The Shinkansen. Yeah, that in most of the more realistic shows that you see, 
that especially if it's something involving Tokyo or any of the major metropolitan hubs of Japan, it's going to be a lot of trains. There's a classic, you know, really crowded train scene. There's, a, you know, seeing two people who uh, are on passing trains, realizing each uh, or recognizing each other. Um, the train is sort of a symbol of usually departure in these shows because uh departure or fleeting well, connection yeah that did which is if you want to have you have your heart ripped out by a train go watch uh, your name again <laughs> yep that's exactly what i was thinking about uh, that that was you know when i mentioned the two people recognize each other on passing ones that was exactly what i had in yeah. mind um or just there's a lot of shows that have their final scenes on a train platform because some characters going away for some reason might be that they graduated from school or that they are moving to a new town or something, but that uh, the train platform and people getting on the train is sort of a iconic thing in its own regard. And there's plenty of series that open with people stepping out onto a train platform as they arrive in their new locale to begin their new life or their new mission, what have you, as sort of an introductory shot. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. While we're on the subject of just ways to get around in the dense urban environment of Japan, um, or of Tokyo specifically, uh, we should call out uh, the one of the like things that's somewhat underappreciated in terms of that, and got got a big like boost in the recent season. The taxi, especially when driven by a walrus. Hey, yeah, taxis. I can't. Bl- I feel so silly for missing that. That was good job, Hayes. Thank you for catching that. Thank you. Yeah, that um, taxi drivers, odd taxi notwithstanding, aren't super ubiquitous, but there's a lot of, you know, like you mentioned, sort of scenes of people getting in and out of taxis because owning a car in Japan isn't a unheard of thing, but it's certainly not as common as it, as it is here in the United States. Nowhere near, no. Yeah. yeah so, it, well, it, only, only in the densest of urban environments here in the States, like places like Washington, D.C., do you find people who just don't own cars. Yeah, or New York City. Mm-hmm. Places that have actual good public transit. <laughs> um, uh, on a similar note, buses that not even desert buses, but just proper, you know, actual city buses are super common. That there isn't, uh, I think there are fewer school buses than city buses in anime. And I think that's a symptom of, I don't know if there is a dedicated school bus system in most of japan or if it's just mostly based in the broader you know uh uh, local transportation network most of the time if you're going to school in japan you're walking well that too yes that if there is a vehicle involved that uh you would be taking a city bus rather than a school bus exactly yeah Yeah, uh, yeah. Our, our audio engineer also notes that yeah, Japan has designed neighborhoods to be within walking distance of schools, rather than trying to like figure out weird zoning stuff such that buses have to go and pick everyone up. Yeah, that's yeah. that's just an, an urban uh, city planning sort of thing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's interesting to examine that kind of thing because it sort of makes you realize, oh, we, things don't have to be like they are in the place where I grew up and how I got to school. <laughs> Yeah, that uh, actually one of the episodes that I've been talking with Mario and the others about that I want to do eventually is just a school life episode, not uh, school live. That is a different uh, different anime. Um, but, you know, we've done episodes on school councils, but I want to do an episode where we discuss 
school life as it is in Japan slash represented in anime because for all the fantastical things, there's a lot of very grounded real things in how they portray their school system and just the differences compared to the American education system because there's a lot of them. There's a, there's a whole lot of them. Like one of the very first things I ever saw was Great Teacher Onizuka, yeah. which is some well, culture anyways, shock. We, 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 I don't want to get us into that episode now. That's just a little teaser for you all for the future because now we're starting to get to the end of it. Are there any final vehicles, Hayes, that you want to spotlight? I'm just, this is another one of those aspirational things. I'm just putting that, this out, out there to the, uh, the anime industry at large. Dear anime industry, hoverboards are a thing now. We have them. How long until they show up in anime? Because I know you want to. I know there's the modding scene in Japan. Like, put some neon on, the, on these, these babies and watch them go. Okay, so I feel silly. I sort of took our train line there, pun intended, and looked up anime trains and realized that there are two big ones that I missed. One is much bigger than the others. The first one um is the totsuki express from food wars that there is a literal train arc where it's just the entire thing happens on a train well, the, isn't isn't demon slayer currently having one of those as well it, well it was a movie that oh. is now being rebroadcast in six episodes so yes we'll count it as that and uh, that's another really good one that a uh, mugen train yes but i can't believe that i've gone almost the entire episode without recalling the flying pussyfoot Ah, oh, yes, the flying pussyfoot. Because oh. I will never miss an opportunity that I can find to sing Bacchano's praises. What a series. And it's okay. Go watch Bacchano. Absolutely. Oh, and if we're talking about iconic anime trains, even if it was absolutely used to death, we have to talk about the one that Shinji gets on. Again, and again, and again. Oh my god, I hadn't even thought about that. Hey, if it, if it worked for the first time as a metaphor, then it'll work the third time, right? Yeah, why not? Uh, oh dear well yeah, there are we are, no we are deep into the train we are deep into the trains aren't we <laughs> we are deep into the trains planes and automobiles of anime and we could go on but we're about at time and geez i don't think we actually talked about any given vehicle for more than like five seven minutes and we still just you know kept going oh i remember that one. Oh, i remember that one and that's what i was hoping for for this episode because i was like this is a broad broad topic and even if you know Vehicles like this don't get the character development usually that, you know, characters get. But there's so many iconic ones in that it just you can see a vehicle and be like, oh, I recognize that. That's from blank anime. And that it, they obviously serve a very important function that, as Hayes mentioned, in the event that something happens to it, the entire series ends up being paused for it. So, uh, you know, transportation, it's important. Who knew? But uh, fund your public transportation, kids. Hey, yeah, please. And we of, don't oh, have any good public transportation here in Texas. It's really abysmal. Yeah, I, I have a train in my city, finally. One, one train, one, ones of trains. Lucky you. Mm. But let, let's close this out, because we, we mentioned them before, but let's close this out with the greatest anime vehicle of all time, the Magic School Bus. Thank you, everyone. Good way to close. Uh, as a reminder, there is no happy hour tonight, but RJ is going to be doing Pokemon at 5.30, which is going to be in about 30 minutes time, actually, uh, from the time of this broadcast. So tune in there if you want to watch him playing some Shining Diamond. Wait, or, or, wait, was it Brilliant Diamond? I wanted it to be Shining Diamond because Shine On Your Crazy Diamond felt like a layup, but they didn't take it. 
Brilliant diamond and shining pearl. That's right, yeah. It was, it, but it should have been shining diamond. Now, here's a question. Is that a JoJo reference? I don't have a good retort for that. Well done. Two in one episode. Hell yeah. Oh, dear. But anyways, as always, thank you so much for tuning in. Please do follow, like, subscribe, all that good stuff here on Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, and I think that's all of our normal social medias. And in addition to following us on there for information, you can join the discussion on our Discord. Uh, if I can get a link for that in the chat, please. Thank you. Uh, there's always fun gifts going about, uh, good discussions, and different updates that uh, Mario's been doing. The occasional little bit of information drops on what's going on in Anime NYC. And speaking of Anime NYC, as we mentioned earlier, he's there right now, as are a couple others, I believe, uh, from the folks that uh, live in New York. But the big ticket item there is going to be this Saturday night, so tomorrow night, up into D-Ring with Digital Air Entertainment, where Mario is going to be talking about uh, things done on this very channel, but also Kokoro no Pro, our upcoming uh, visual novel uh, that is being headed up by none other than RJ. So be on the lookout for that. And we actually now have Kokoro no Pro merch in our store, which you can go to at www.digitalairentertainment.streamelements.com. You can also visit our sponsor, ImageAnime, at imageanime.com and use the code DESCOUNT20, that is D-E-E-S-C-O-U-N-T-2-0, for 20% off all in-stock items, and that's good between now and the end of the year. I think that is just about it. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, we will be having our next radio drama here on this channel at 4 p.m. next Saturday, the 27th, it is going to be Batman and Robin. Uh, since I've been watching Desert Bus, I'm actually really behind on the script, so I'm about to buckle down and uh, spend most of tonight and tomorrow just powering through it. I have I have the framework laid out and, like, the first 15 minutes done. How many and, times have uh, you had to watch this movie? Well, fun fact, I had only watched it for the first time, like, a month ago when it was voted on. Uh, uh, yeah, so... So that was an experience. Uh, it was an experience, mm -hmm. and I'm going to have to experience a fair number of times over the next 48 hours or so. It's going to be a good time. Cheers. I hope that the Clooney doesn't just seep into your brain and, you know, melt you of all will to live. Uh, anyways, I think I've just about hit all of our vitals. So as always, thank you for tuning in. Stay safe, stay sane, get your Fauci ouchie and your flu shot, and we will see you next time on Digital Era Twitch. Mm -hmm.